It's a beautiful day at the South Brunswick Island beaches in Brunswick County, North Carolina. We are at the Shalote Brunswick Islands KOA with Courtney Gable, owner and manager of Shalote Brunswick Islands KOA. Welcome to the show, Courtney. Well, thank you. Tell me a little bit about these, this KOA. Well, we have 105 sites. We offer both RV sites, tent sites, cabins, cottages. We also offer storage, boat storage, trailer storage. Um, we think we have a lot to offer to the RV. How many sites do you have? 105. 105. Mm -hmm. And you take all sizes of RVs? We do. We have 30 amp, 50 amp, 80 amp, up to 100 amp. What's the best thing about this park? Well, it's a destination park and um, first off, all of our sites are full hookup sites. Um, we have a fully stocked fishing pond. Um, it's stocked with catfish, bass, and brim. We have a playground, as you can see. Are they catch and release? Well, you can catch them. You can release them if you get a good size. We also have a fish cleaning station. Oh, awesome. I yeah. hate to do fish cleaning. Well, so you if you want to bother with it, you can do it. Oh, I have to do it myself. Okay. <laughs> what else is in the area? Somebody's come, someone's coming to the Shalot Brunswick Islands KOA. What can they do in this well, area? Uh, there's 35 uh, championship golf courses. We also have the beaches, of course. We're seven miles from Calabash, which is the seafood capital of the world. Oh, lightly battered, deep fried, Calabash style seafood. Yes, ma'am. Absolutely. Yes, ma'am. We're also not too far from North Myrtle Beach. We're 15 miles from that, 25 miles from South Myrtle Beach. So we're very centrally located. And of course, it. there's the ocean. That's right. That's right. We're right in between Ocean Isle Beach and Sunset Beach. We're five miles both ways. Boy, that's awesome. This sounds like a great place to come to. What happens if it rains? Is there some place to go if it's raining? Yeah, um, we have lots of things to do in the Shalot area. Uh, there's lots of shopping in Calabash. Um, we have lots of nice restaurants, local restaurants. Um, our campground also is a destination campground, so we try to keep our, all of our campers here so we can keep them entertained. So you have activities? We do. Every Saturday we have activities for the kids, so people who are bringing their children in can drop us off with an hour and they can kind of enjoy themselves. Courtney, is this campground open year-round? It is. It is. Um, we have in-season rates and we have off-season rates. Our in-season rates start um, Easter weekend and our, they end uh, Labor Day. Okay, sounds great. Where, if someone wanted to come to the Shalot Brunswick Islands KOA, how would you tell them to get here? Well, uh, we're off of Junction 904 East, which is connected to Highway 17. We're right in between Ocean Isle Beach and Sunset Beach. We're five miles both ways. Oh, that sounds awesome. Yeah. Sunset Beach just sounds so lovely. You think <laughs> of those white sand beaches and the waves crashing. Mm -hmm. and so it's a good family place for people to It really to come. is. It really is. Excellent. What's the phone number here, Courtney? 910-579-7562. Um, um, you can look us up on the web at www.koa.com. Um, you can also email us at koacampers at atmc.net. Since we're talking so much about the camping cabins and the lodges, I thought maybe we would change locations mm -hmm. and just enjoy this nice swing on the front porch. This is one of your cottages. Cottages. What's the difference between a cottage and the cabin? Well, the cottage is like a small efficiency. It's fully equipped with a kitchen, bathroom, bedroom, um, and living room. Mm -hmm. It's also got cable access. The cabins are mainly just a place to sleep. They don't have your kitchen. They're not going to have your bathroom either. So you're still going to start your fire outside and cook over the the grill or something like that. Right, we have that option or also we also have the um, camping kitchen which is like an outdoor oh, kitchen. right, okay, mm -hmm. that's great. How the heck did you get into owning a campground? This seems like a, <laughs> an unusual occupation for someone as young as you are. Well, I don't really own it. My father owns it. Um, 
he kind of got me into this business. Um, he stayed at a KOA in Daytona with a good friend of his. We've never RV'd a day in our lives. Oh, no. So, Did you camp? No. <laughs> no camping, no RVing, and oh, here just, you are. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we just, uh, he went and he met an owner of a KOA and he stayed there and he had such a good time. He bought the franchise name that night and he came home and kind of just told all of us about it. Okay. Um, it's nothing I pictured I would be doing, but it's a lot of fun. You meet a lot of nice people. Um, you get to travel with it, so it's interesting. Well, how did you learn about managing a KOA? Well, it was um, it was a touch and go process. It took us five years to finish the completion. Um, KOA, the corporate office was wonderful. We went to schooling to kind of teach us about how to do the computer system. Um, we went to a lot of the RV shows and um, kind of learned what a Class A RV was versus okay. a right a C pull behind or yeah. yeah Class C right. Yeah, when I got into this, I didn't know the difference between a fifth wheel travel trailer. Um, and sewer hoses, it was all new things to me. Um, but we learned, like I said, it took five years to build this, so we had a lot of time to learn. Did you have a company opened. come in and do the design work? No, uh, my father did it himself. Um, oh. He did a fabulous job. He can tell you every wire underneath the ground where it's located. He did really good. Uh -huh. He did a great job. And how about the layout of the sites? It seems like there's a lot of room around each site. Well, when we were building it. Um, I was younger actually, I was in high school, and he bought the name and we would have to go to every KOA and visit them, meet the owners, decide what he wanted his KOA to look like, and one of his main goals was not to have his, he didn't like the sites being side by side where you mm -hmm. open your door and you're in your neighbor's yard. So right. he picked out what was more important to him and he's got a scrapbook of pictures of KOAs that he went and things that he liked, and that's how he applied it to this campground. Well, it looks like you did a fabulous job. We've really enjoyed well, being here you. today, Courtney. Thank you. Thanks a lot. All right, you're welcome. We'll be right back. Welcome to American RVer, and welcome to our Tech Tips segment. I'm Jim Gritch, and uh, with me is Doug Gunter, and we're at Buddy Greg Motorhome, uh, just outside of uh, Knoxville, Tennessee. And uh, Doug, we're going to talk a little bit about uh, cabinets and how to maintain them, mm -hmm. and also Corian. Right. So, um, what do we do with the cabinets to keep them nice? Well, the best thing you can do is use what they call a wood conditioner. Uh, there are several products available. Um, and the best thing to do is wood needs to maintain a certain level of moisture uh, mm -hmm. because if it gets too dry, it starts to crack. Uh, so several times a year, two or three times a year, take some wood conditioner and liberally wipe all the wood surfaces. Now what kind of conditioner are you talking about? Well, there are products available. For example, uh, Zep has a product called Wood Doctor, uh, which is an aerosol. Mm -hmm. uh, Old English has a product called in a little bottle called uh, red oil and it's hmm. a wood conditioner. I would avoid waxy substances because okay. they tend to build up on there. But what it does is essentially the wood absorbs, soaks up the conditioner and keeps it at a moisture level. Mm -hmm. Now you'll want to go inside of the cabinets, oh. maybe not as frequently as the outside because they're not as exposed, but inside of the cabinets once or twice a year 
and, and keep all the wood in good shape. It'll maintain its integrity and it'll stay beautiful. Now, what causes the wood to dry out? Just the general air hitting it? Typically, in the drier climates, mm -hmm. the hotter climates out west, the wood will dry out more. Okay. We've seen a lot of instances where there's, if you go from uh, different dry climates to wet climates, mm -hmm. frequently, without keeping the wood at a constant level of moisture, there's a lot of shrinkage and expansion occurs. You'll start to see cracks in I have, where the I have seen that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yes. And that's typical. It is, yes. It's just from the expansion. Mm -hmm. So okay. it's a good idea to keep conditioner on it, keep it moist. Uh, not wet, but you know, it'll it'll absorb the moisture and uh Well different woods integrity. Different woods are maintained differently or basically Actually, across no, the board. Pretty much across the board. Uh you'll have different woods that that, you know, obviously maple and things like that that are real hard woods mm -hmm. won't won't move around as much as softer woods like cherry and walnut. Okay. But uh And that's what we're looking at today is, this uh, is cherry, natural yeah. cherry. Mm -hmm. yes. mm -hmm. And um so besides the cabinetry, we also want to maintain our tabletops and our yes. countertops. Mm -hmm. And so this is Corian, correct? Right. And what are the advantages of Corian? Th this is actually called solid surface. Corian is a brand name. Mm -hmm. uh, this may or may not be that particular brand. But uh, the advantages of solid surface is that it's very durable. Uh, mm -hmm. If you should nick it or scratch it, it is repairable. Uh, mm, after, it is. after it's used for you know, even years, you can come back and refinish the surface and make it like brand new. Do you actually sand the surface? Is that you, what you're doing? You do. You actually mm -hmm. sand. Uh, we have a machine that we sand the surface off and you go through several steps. You start with a pretty coarse grade of sandpaper to get the deepest scratches out. Mm -hmm. Then you step up to several different stages of grit with the sandpaper until it's really fine. Mm -hmm. And then the last step is a polish. Oh. And you're actually polishing it sort of like an automotive finish. So you actually almost buff it Yes. at mm -hmm. the end. Mm -hmm. yes. And what about the edges? Uh, say if. Uh, one of the edges get broken. Right. Is that repairable? It is repairable. If you if you should ever break a piece off, it's best to save the pieces, the oh. chip pieces, because mm -hmm. it makes it easier to repair if you can put those pieces back in. Uh, it is. You can fill a void where there's a piece gone if it's not too big. Uh, oftentimes, mm. if somebody gets a damaged area, what will happen is they will cut out what they call a pie shape, and then insert a new piece. Oh, really? Of material and, and then rebuild the edge. Now, can you fill like little nicks as well? Uh, you can. Um, That's probably tougher though, right, to is. match it? It is. They, they have seam, what they call seam kits available, which are used in the construction of the tops uh, that come in various colors for different colors of material. Mm -hmm. So this is something that really uh, someone who owns a coach cannot do themselves. Well, the coach owners, the best maintenance that they can do is to avoid um, avoid grit, gritty type substances, right, cleaning, and sliding them across, and things and, like that. Mm -hmm. uh, avoid any abrasive uh, wipes or you know SOS pads or anything of that nature. Now, typically, the sinks are usually a, a different color than the surfaces. Right. Most of the time, they're white or off-white. They will get a lot more abuse. Uh, and they won't show the scratches as well. So sometimes you'll need to get some stains out of the sink, and it's okay to stay in that area with, with something a little more abrasive, uh -huh. uh, scotch pad or something like that. Right. Um, because it starts out 
you know, it's matte finish when it's manufactured. As opposed to the shiny finish. As opposed finish. to the shiny finish, yes. Right, right. But the great thing about it is you can bring it back to brand new. No kidding. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, that's great to know. And I'm sure a lot of people out there probably do have a lot of these type of surfaces. And, of course, almost everyone has cabinets. Yes, it's getting very popular, a solid surface. Right. So keep that in mind, some great tips, and we'll be back right after this. And welcome back to American RVer. We're here with certified living foods instructor, Gina Michael, who also does medical nutritional counseling. And we're gonna talk about how we can be more healthy on the road because heaven knows I've eaten enough canned food to stuff a horse and you can tell the difference between the two of us. <laughs> I need something a little more healthy and maybe you do too. So that's what we're gonna talk about today. We're gonna to talk about growing sprouts and growing some things in the RV that can make you more healthy. Thanks, Gina. All right, we're going to try something a little bit novel here. Most people want to know, what can I do that's on the road, that's lightweight, that's healthy? Um, oh, yeah, I don't want that flying all over the RV right. as we're driving down the road. We don't want it all over the road. So <laughs> this is kind of an idea that might work in your home, and you can modify what we're showing you here to your particular arrangement. This one is a simple plastic basket that you can get anywhere with, with an insert. Let me just dump that out for you, Gina. This is a needlepoint uh, plastic, plastic canvas that's cut to fit in here to give a base for the, the sprouts to grow. What, the roots, roots need that to grow through? The, the roots need something to, to hold on to, and that'll, that'll give you a little area of drainage okay. in the bottom. Yeah, so obviously no drainage. We don't want yeah. this all over our counters. Yes. So we're using this elastic here just to hold the basket in place. And you can further fix it if you want with some, with the uh, ties that you can tie your basket on. And it's right by the window, so you leave your shade up a little right. bit, and it's going to get light while you're driving, which Plenty is a good of light. thing. And yeah. then you'll have it ready for when you reach your destination. Okay. So, now this one I think really lends itself to being on the road, your garden. By using this bag, you that can looks sprout. like a little laundry bag. It's like a little laundry bag. <laughs> That's exactly what it's like. You can put the seeds in, and they're different. You could do peas this way. Any of your large, your large seeds. Uh, in in this plate, there are chickpeas that can be put into this bag. They're so after they're soaked overnight. All of these seeds get soaked overnight. The so once you ones. put your peas into the bag, then what do you do with them? You hang them in the shower. Oh, so they're out of the way, and they're they drop, out of the way. In the shower. They need no sunlight, okay. and in the meanwhile, they're sprouting. Good. So you don't have to have a, a skylight or a moonlight, whatever you want Not to call it, in your shower in order for these to grow. These Not are going to grow all. anyway. Needs no light at all. Okay. So that makes it very easy. So that's what we're doing with the chickpeas. Okay. Now, on what's some, this right here? This is your. Actually, this is your first step. You're putting your seeds into this jar. Okay, and we have sunflower seeds right. as we well have as sunflower the seeds. And these are not the sunflower seeds that are salted that I'm eating out of the package, these, are they? These are the raw ones. Okay. These were intended for birds with no additives. Oh, so I can go to the store. I can just get a bag of bird seed, right. and that's going to be our sunflower seed, not bird seed, but just yeah. regular sunflower bird seed. Yeah, you sure can. Just okay. make sure they're not roasted and no salt. Okay. <laughs> this is a simple piece of window screening, but you oh, could yeah. also... You could also use netting, nylon net netting. 
Okay. Put that on your jar, or you can do this with a cup as well. You don't have to use a, a quart jar. It doesn't have to be that big. No, it does not have to be this big. You fill this with water and you let it sit overnight. The next morning, you drain that out, leave it in your sink to drain, and you continue that draining for a couple of days until finally you're going to end up with a seed that has little sprouts. Okay coming out of it. Now this is something I don't know if you can you can see that from there, but they all have little little, right, little green sprouts. Little green sprouts on them. Right. At this stage is when they go into your basket. Ah. So these Wait, do I have to put dirt in here? You do not have to use dirt. I don't? You do Ooh, not so have to use dirt. So it's even clean, I don't have to worry about cleaning right. all that up. If you have soil, if you're inclined to have a little layer of soil, that is one way that you can do it, but that would require that you carry some soil along with you. Uh, you get a little more nutrient in if mm -hmm. you use a soil a soil uh -huh. base, and you can do that. Okay. This little pan right here is showing. This is a um, an herb called fenugreek, which is very pungent, used in small quantities. Yeah, I can smell it. Yeah, but the sunflower seeds go in here, and then about six seven days later, you're going to be able to harvest some of these sprouts that look just like this. Am I going to just let these sit in here? Am I going to rinse these every You're so gonna often? You're going to rinse them morning and night. Oh, okay. Rinse them morning and night. And okay. eventually they will cling on to the to the bottom there. And they okay. end up with a little right. top on them. That's that one. Right. You can use these on salads. Mm -hmm. And why do we want to use sprouts? Sprouts are much higher in nutrition than most of the greens that you can buy in the market. They are, are high in enzymes just crunchy and nice. You can harvest your whole tray or basket at the same time and then put them in a Ziploc bag. Do I eat the whole thing? The whole thing. Okay. All the way down I figured I better ask just in yeah. case. <laughs> Pick the seeds off. I'd say they, they're not so not okay. so great. Okay. So that's with the uh, sunflower seeds. Right. Well that seems pretty easy. It's pretty easy. Okay. The other one, this is a, uh, should I take this out? <laughs> What do you have there? Those are black is, beans? These are black beans. These okay. are black beans that have been sprouted. Now this can be are made they? into a dish, a bean, a wonderful bean dip by using the sprouted uh, sprouted beans. Okay. The sprouts in this stage have far higher uh, nutritional content than your uh, dried cooked beans. Cooked foods hmm. that have been cooked over 119 degrees, all the enzymes are gone. You have none of them Oh, that's left. not even boiling temperature. No, that's right. Yeah. So unless you take a lot of enzymes along with your cooked food, you're not getting your full nutrition that your okay. body needs to keep you so healthy. So this is one way to add a little bit of nutrition to your diet. A lot. Let's talk a little bit about this basket. We're just mm -hmm. about out of time, Gina. Okay, this is a, uh, a larger basket, but you could use a small one that fits your area that is in the process of growing wheatgrass. Wheatgrass is is another story in itself, but it's very, very high in all sorts of nutrition. This one has been growing in here for about uh, about four days. It was also sprouted in a jar like this, put into the basket, and the, and the, the um, roots will come through the bottom. In this case, you would need to have a plastic bag or something or that your basket is mm -hmm. sitting in because the roots are going to come out. Okay. When it is ready to be harvested, you just cut it off with scissors and again, you use your... And I'm adding it to my salad. Your, no, on this one, you have to 
put it into your blender blended. for juicing. Okay. This is for juicing. Well, on another show, we'll talk a little bit more about juicing. Mm -hmm. I think that's about all the time we have for growing herbs in your RV. But you know what? You can be healthy when you ride in your RV. You don't have to go with just prepared foods. And it's easy. Six days later, you're ready to go with some great sunflower seed sprouts. Thanks for being here, Gina. We'll see you next time. You're welcome. We meet some neighbors today at the Shalope Brunswick Islands KOA. Here is John Mar DiMartino. Yes. John, welcome. Uh, how you doing? Are you a big camper? Yes, uh, we camp all the time. We're full-time campers. Aha, uh -huh. how long have you been uh, doing that? Uh, we've been doing it about a year and a half. Yeah? What's the best part? Uh, best part is the relaxation, being close to the beach, and being uh, the freedom of moving around and, and, and doing what you want to do at any given time. Have you been all around the country or are you mainly staying on the East Coast uh, or Southeast? I've been pretty much up and down the East Coast and I've been some parts out West. I've been to you know, quite a few states. Not, just... not so much camping but just you know traveling. Right. And is that what you intend to do is do a lot more traveling with your RV? Possibly up the road, yeah. I plan to do a lot of traveling. Right. Yeah. I see that you're a surfer. Oh yeah, surfing is great. This is a great place too, Sunset Beach. If you surf, there's a lot of activities. Uh, you know, water sports, jet skiing, fishing. Uh, we're in really close proximity to the beach. We're probably as the crow flies about four miles. Excellent. So you know this is this is really a great place if you you want to come and enjoy the beach and it's a good quiet beach. Absolutely great. Nice to meet you, John. Okay. Take